Hey everyone, welcome to the Fergie Time Podcast, where it's always united, all the time. Today on episode 2, we'll be talking about United's change in form, having finally been able to close out a match and win 1-0. The emergence of Mkhitaryan into what we all knew he was. Are we too over-reliant on Zlatan Ibrahimovic to score our goals? The preferred center-back duo of Marcus Rojo and Phil Jones. And finally, some transfer rumors. Stay with us over the next 25 minutes as we talk the biggest club in the world, Manchester United. Hello and welcome back to the Fergie Time Podcast. I'm Joey Tabor. I'm joined by Nate Hyatt today. I'm sorry for the long delay between podcasts um, yeah. we recorded our premiere episode and then some things happened some schedules didn't align up holidays yeah holidays <laughs> kidney stones in there oh, we're back. Um, if you remember the last podcast we were talking about the arsenal game uh and we were all pretty confident i believe going into it and it ended up that we dominated the match arsenal were pissed for you know their november turn their november blues turned into december blues and um, we, we completely dominated the game, in my opinion. And then at the end, Rashford was beat on the wing by Oxlade Chamberlain, who crossed the ball in, Drew scores, you know the rest. That was followed up by um, another 1 1 draw with Everton. Fellaini uh, obviously takes Guy down in the box, um, <laughs> another 1 0 lead. But things have kind of turned the corner since then, Nate. And we've strung together, I think, it's three, four wins now in the Premier League. Um, three. On the back, yeah, three in a row. On the back of Zlatan Ibrahimovic, you know, he scored nine goals in ten games now. He's really catching fire. Uh, what do you make of it? Have United turned the corner? Or is this just United doing what they're supposed to and beating the lesser teams? Uh, it's probably both, right? Like, you get – I thought beating Tottenham 1-0 was bigger than, say, beating them, like, 2-1 or 2-0 because that 1-0 scoreline was just so elusive – and I think it was tough for people, I mean, maybe even the players, to just have that bit of confidence. Hey, we can see this out. We can close this match out. So once they, once we got through and closed out Tottenham, man, that I think that really freed up the team. Obviously, beat Tottenham. We, uh, we won out in, uh, in Europe. Where were we at? In Turkey or wherever we were. Um, and it just seems like finally the defense, I mean, <laughs> I will probably talk about it, but Beating Tottenham 1-0 was huge, but the center-back pairing that's emerged from that is ridiculous. I mean, who? nobody would have ever thought that. And when you look across at City, who've spent, you know, $180 million in defenders over the last three, four, five seasons, it's, it's crazy to think that uh, the two defenders that are leading us. Uh, I mean, you saw how, they, how we looked at the end of the match um, against West Brom. Against even against Tottenham, they were pushing to score, but it never really looked like they were going to score. So I just think we turned the corner with the one nil, and now it's just you know full steam ahead. Yeah, I think the mentality when we talk about the Spurs game was we were up one nil. I believe it was Pogba had a free kick and hit the hit the crossbar. Hit yeah, the yeah. And you're thinking, here we go again, because in the Everton game, Herrera hits the post. And it was, a, you know, if that goes in, obviously that's two more points. And you're looking at all these points that we've dropped over the season, and you're thinking, man, you know, I know you don't, it sucks to look back, but it's like, 
Well, if we would have got the you know the, the win at Everton, if we would have held on against Arsenal, that's four more points that puts us you know in fourth or third, and and we're right in the thick of things. I know Chelsea are running away with it, but you know the Christmas period is crazy, and, and Antonio Conte is going to be challenged over this Christmas period to rotate his squad. Uh, but that's that's Chelsea, and I don't want to talk about the league titles. <laughs> um, what I did want to talk to you about is I've kind of noticed it. Uh, our goal difference is seven, uh, or it might be nine now. I think it's still seven, seven or nine. Uh, which you wouldn't really expect. And it seems like if Zlatan doesn't score, we're not going to win. It's like um, when, when we were on that run of draws, there were some chances that fell to Zlatan. He obviously he puts them away. We're talking a different story here. But is there an over-reliance on him? Because I feel like, for me, other players start need, need to start chipping in with goals. Not so much Pogba. I don't really, you know, the central midfield. I'm talking about from out wide, you know, from Wayne Rooney. Other players need to contribute. Definitely. it's We're lost, I think. I mean, I, th- it, I'm still looking. If you, I'm still looking at that Tottenham match as kind of the one that turned the corner, simply because we held uh, on to a one nothing win. Uh, so the Tottenham match for me is kind of the swing. So from there, kind of moving forward, it seems like now that we've turned the corner, uh, Zlatan obviously has been carrying the 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 workman share of of the goal scoring. I mean, I think since that FC Zoria match away. Uh, You've had Zlatan scored four, Mkhitaryan has scored two, and Pogba scored one. So, I mean, four wins, but only six goals in those four wins. So we're still, we're still trying to find, uh, you know, or seven goals. Excuse me, we're still trying to find our feet. And our plus seven goal difference in the league, isn't. I think it's fair for obviously so many one ones and one nils uh, uh, that we've had to fight through, or two ones even. But now we need. I mean, look at Rooney. He's for me, and I, I know he's obviously the hot topic everywhere, but for me, he I've seen him shoot more and be more attacking and more aggressive than I have for a long time. And maybe that was the Van Gaal years, uh, even with Moyes, too. I mean, he was attacking. But over the last, I'd say, month and month and a half, I mean, we talk about Bearded Rooney. He's the one. He's shooting, and he's hit the post. He's made the keeper make some great saves. So, I think those other goals are going to come through. We're relying on Zlatan right now, which for now is okay. Obviously, you can't win just relying on one player. But, I, I mean, what do you think? I, I don't see a, a, a problem with it at the moment because I do think we've got the attacking and I've seen other guys stepping up. It's not a problem at the moment because we're winning. But when, when the draws were coming in, then it was a problem. Yeah, that's so true. I, I, and I agree with you on Rudy. I think Rudy is playing a lot better. He's not scoring, but he, you know, he had that shot that was turned onto the crossbar by Foster. Um, and it is a different Wayne Rooney. I love the beard. I think it's the beard. <laughs> the beard gives him powers that we can't even comprehend. Um, and I think he got a little bit of a rest in there. You know, Rooney plays. You know, he plays at the Euros. He's he's always playing for England. There's not much of a break for him. There's no winter break in England. Um, so so having him on the bench is 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 great in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, so the Europa League draw, what did you think of it? St. Etienne, obviously we could have gotten a lot harder draw. Um, it's Pogba versus Pogba, as uh, I'm sure you saw the video. The right. Pogba <laughs> shootout. So I think it's a very favorable tie for us. And I, I want your thoughts on the tie, and I want your thoughts on should we say, say this is hypothetical, say February comes around and we're in fourth or two or three points off of fourth, would you then just say, you know, the Europa League is a killer, let's just focus on the Premier League, or would you try and go for both? Oh, that's good. 
That's good. I don't, I don't know because, I mean, when you look at the teams that are in the Europa League, there's obviously some fantastic teams. That's, there's, there's no doubt. Right, Roma, they've been playing fantastic, but they've got a tough tie. I can't think of who they play off the top of my head, but they've got a tougher draw than we do playing St. Etienne. But for me, I mean, you look at Champions League. From here, they move into the, to the round of 16, you know. We're in the round of 32, so that's two extra matches in Europe, you know, that we're traveling. Granted, it's France instead of Turkey, but we still have to, you know, we still have to do what we have to do. So if we're in there, Villarreal, that's right. And they played, Villarreal have been fantastic. I mean, so I still think if you, li if you lined up all the teams in the Europa League, we have to be favorites to win. I mean, uh, especially with the football we've been playing the last couple of months, results going our way, players finding belief, our defense kind of really uh, just solidifying itself and becoming more compact and uh, finding uh, his consistent center half, like all of these things. So uh, I still think we have to be favorites. But when you look at what kind of what Liverpool did last year, I mean, they make that run through. They couldn't win or do anything in the Premier League. You know, they're they're expending all their energy on Thursday nights. And granted, they were what ninth place or eighth place. I know they finished eighth, but um, you know they weren't they weren't anywhere near Europe or even top four. So I think they decided, you know what, 100%. Let's go Europa League and not worry about it. But I think for us this season, I mean, I say we go for all the trophies we can. I think by the time we're playing in February, we're going to be comfortably in the top four. I, I, I still think I think Arsenal is going to do what Arsenal does. They'll win a game here and there. I even think City is going to do the same thing. They, their defense is the worst I've seen in so long. They're going to give up goals just like they do, and we're starting to finally solidify our defense. I think going for both, I mean, uh, we've obviously got Hull coming up, so that's going to be a home and away with Hull for the, to go to the League Cup final. I, I mean... I want us to go for all four. Obviously, the Premier League is the one that I don't know that will win. Chelsea look fantastic, but they're only in left in two competitions. Uh, that's such a good question. I, I would go for both. It's going to be tougher, but I think St. Etienne proves that we can go out. It's not the best team in the Europa League, so let's do it. No, I, I agree. I think also that's a hypothetical. We could still be in sixth at the time and True. You know, drop points from here until then. But, you know, you look at the Christmas period, and it's, you know, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, West Ham, um, and then an FA Cup tie against Reading, and then it's Hull, Liverpool. So you're looking at, you know, some confidence being built up over the Christmas period, and Fergie always said you got to be up there or thereabouts. And we won't be up there for the league, but in terms of the top two or three, four, you know, and Arsenal seem to have done their infamous bottle job. You know, it's come a month later, but... You know, <laughs> they they they've lost two in a row where they they were had one nil leads and they capitulated. You know, there's talk about how how lazy Ozil is and, and stuff like that. You know, City. That video footage was so damning. I mean, you saw him barely moving. Yeah, I mean, this guy's supposed to be a world class, one of the top three or four Premier League players. Uh, you know, his skill, his skill and talent. There's no denying that, but there's no heart. So where do you think that comes from? Let's talk about that. I know we're not, I don't want to talk about Arsenal, but I mean, we've had, we've seen this under, you know, other managers, you know, under Moyes and LVG, players not performing and, and looking lethargic. Does that come from the manager or is that, you know, can the manager only do so much? I think it's got to be both. I mean, you, uh, obviously it's your belief in your manager because we've seen what players look like when they're playing for a manager and we've seen 
what it appears to look like when they're not playing for a manager. I mean, look at Di Maria. He, the man was loaded with talent. I think he was a perfect winger for United, fantastic. And then he just, I don't know, didn't want to play. Van Gaal was weird. I mean, that's, that's a strange one. But if you look at Ozil, if you even look at some of the players that Mourinho has, you're, you're starting to see some players that are willing to fight for the manager and have that respect. It's so, I mean, look at Ozil. What, has he got a contract or they're trying to offer him a new contract? Same with Sanchez. I mean, I'd hate to think, like, this has to do with money. But in the end, I mean, you ha- I mean if you look at Robert Van Persie, who else left? Uh, Fabregas. To, to win trophies, you have to leave Arsenal. They, Alex, Alex Song. Song, yeah. It's just, I, and that's where I think, too. I mean, you, I don't know if you saw that picture of Sanchez kind of knelt down yesterday after the match, just kind of looking like he was staring off into space. But um, I just tweeted out, like, uh, he, has, he has a decision to make. And I, I think Ozil will stay because Ozil is just, I don't see much heart. Tons of talent, but no real desire. But the other part is, is that I think with like a Sanchez, you have to, are you fighting for your club? Are you fighting for your manager? Because are you going to be able to win? And in the end, I don't think either of these are going to be, I don't think either of these guys are going to be able to make that happen. So um, I don't know if that's a Wenger thing. I mean, they love him over there, but do his players love him? I don't see many like running their asses off for him or, you know, fighting for the badge the way that you would see at a, at a different club. And that has to come with the fact that they work hard every year. They fall apart November, December, and then they end up getting top four. It's the same thing every year. And now they're going to get knocked out by Bayern uh, in the last 16, just like normal. They're going to do it just like they do every time. It's so funny. Simon Shaw, he's a journalist for ESPN. Or not Simon Shaw. Um, his last name is Shaw. And he goes, it's really impressive how Arsenal for the last 12 seasons have consistently had the same season. Like, exactly. Same story for the last 12 years. It's unbelievable. It doesn't make any sense. It's funny because they hate Mourinho so much, but I've even heard some of their fans go, I would take him as our manager just because he wins. He's a winner. (laughs) You know, he's got that that swagger, you know, all of that. Uh, And we're very fortunate to have him. I'm I'm happy about that. Um, So while we were in between podcasts as well, Mkhitaryan, we haven't talked about him. Oh, he, yes. We, we were, so great. Yeah, he picks the ball up and he runs the players. His first goal for us in the Europa League, you know, he nutmegs the defender on the edge of the area. You know, he wins the game against Spurs for us. He gets played through by Ander Herrera off a, you know, a, 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 a turnover in midfield and he just rockets it into the back of the net by Maurice. He's been unbelievable. Uh, he should be back against Sunderland. Is it almost a kind of a benefit for us that he was, you know, doing whatever the first few months, not playing, and now we have this fresh player for the Christmas period, for the rest of the season, you know, not just a fresh player, we're talking about a world-class player who can easily get 10 goals and 10 assists in the second half of the season. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, fresh signing, obviously, it was so confusing. He still, for me, it could be uh, the best signing we had this summer. And that's saying something when you got Ibrahimovic and you've got, I mean, Bay's been, oh, he's been amazing too. I mean, across the board, it's been fantastic. And obviously Pogba, but just what he's done and just, I, what's crazy is he's done everything that we all knew he would like can do and that he was going to do. It Why it took so long, I don't know, but it is perfect. We're finally turned a corner. 
he was a part of the reason. I mean, that FC Zoria win, then the winner against Tottenham. Obviously, the injury, that Danny Rose tackle, that was some, that was some BS. But, you know, now we've got Mkhitaryan going forward. Yo, God damn it, that tackle. I was so scared. I thought he was done. But now you've got... <laughs> he is such an ass for doing that. And then, especially... I mean, you notice, I don't know if you've ever followed, but Rooney scores in bunches. Like, he won't score for five, six, eight, ten matches, and then all of a sudden, he'll put, you know, he'll score 15, 20 goals over, like, 20 matches, and then he won't, he'll get hurt or something, and then again, he starts his cycle over. So that's the first thing I thought about when, like, Mkhitaryan was going to be out, and obviously, hopefully we'll see him on Boxing Day, like, just back in there doing what he's, what he's done, but he, his, him doing what we all knew he could and what he was supposed to actually doing that in the Premier League and then obviously that Europa tie match to kind of take it by the scruff score that goal and then push us on to win now going forward absolutely are we going to sign a defender now are we happy with our defense like now we actually have positive questions to ask instead of always trying to find that fix Mkhitaryan is amazing uh I'm so glad he's here he's right in the prime of his career so Shit, I'm so happy about that. Yeah, me too. Um, so, talking about summer signings, we talked about Paul Pogba last time, and I want to bring up these statistics because I think it's very telling. Because if you listen to other people and listen to other fans, you know, he's a flop, he's crap. But last year for Juventus, his pass completion was 83% until December. This is the stats from the beginning of last season. All right. Or, yeah, the start of last season to last season's December, and this season up until December. Okay. So pass completion for Juventus, 83%. Pass completion for Man United, 86 Chances created at Juventus, 1.61. Chances created at United, 1.91. Successful take-on percentage at Juventus, 61.45. At United, 61.70. His interceptions are up 0.15. His key passes are up almost a half point, And he's got two more goals. Stats that I just read out, they're accurate, and they were good enough last year to get Pogba into the FIFA Pro World 11. He won't get in it this year because he plays for United and because he's a transfer. Right. That's the only reason. He's, dude, he, he seriously, uh, complete 100% serious. For me, he's been amazing. Yeah, it took him a few matches to get going, but even in those matches, he was involved and a part of what was going on. He's only, dude, he's fucking 23 years old. He's not 26 or something like he he's still young but now we're starting to see i mean those stats show you he's he's better than he was last season even with the big money move coming to manchester united where you're now under the microscope times a thousand compared to maybe only real madrid is the only other club where players really get because i've noticed even at barcelona people players get away with all kinds of stuff when they're shit but here you can see like i mean real madrid but Manchester United, period, bar none. It's news everywhere. So for what he's done, moving that much money, getting used to the Premier League, you know, he's played every match, no injuries. He has been, for me, just fucking fantastic. And now he's starting to get the stats to prove it. He's probably not going to make the FIFA 11 because he's not hitting a screamer every game or some weird shit like that. But the man has been brilliant. And I love the fact that Jose Mourinho said when he came in, I had four signings, four people, and all four signings, dude, have just been through the roof amazing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was thrown off there because Lewis Van Hall was in the trending topics on Facebook. <laughs> I 
feel bad for for anyone who has to watch his football. But yeah, I agree. You know, Pogba's my favorite player, so I'm obviously biased. He plays for my favorite club. Um, but he never loses possession. You know, the way he shields the ball, the way he drives through midfield. Oh, yeah. No, you know, you're right. Michael Carrick and Andrew Herrera. It's, it's amazing. Um, and How about Herrera, though? I'm just, I'm ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you remember the Conte? Do you remember the Conte rumors that Mourinho wanted uh, that he had called uh, N'Golo Conte and said, you know, I want you to come, and then he chose Chelsea? Do you remember that? Because the reason I ask is because I, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure I remember reading that, but it's interesting when you look at Herrera and his stats compared to Conte, which I don't have them on me, but he's better in almost every category than Conte. So I think that type of player, that you know, that engine always running, winning the ball back, creating havoc in the middle, etc. Herrera's been fantastic at it. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I love I love his little instep move. Where oh he, yeah. You know, he, he acts the ball in one way and then goes the other, and oh my god, he's got the <laughs> you know, skates the time. It's so fun to watch that. This is definitely um, shaping up to be an interesting Christmas period. Um, obviously, you'd like to win all your games, but United are heading in the right direction. I don't think there was ever. Uh, a doubt with me that they would. Um, yeah, agreed. So, with that being said, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Christmas Day will be sixth in the table. We're instead of being at what point were we like eight or nine points out of fourth? We're now only four points. I mean, everything is going in the exact right direction, and not just. I mean, the stats are looking fantastic. We're scoring goals. I mean, Zlatan's thirty-five, and he's just. I mean, he's taking everything in stride. The team is looking fantastic. Players, I mean, I, if there's anything left to talk about to close this out, it'd have to be Marcus Rojo and Phil Jones. I mean, when when Baye came in, and obviously he started right out of the bat, he's a young kid too. What is he, 22? So he was fantastic. So And we were dreading Rojo or Jones playing, and now it's, it's almost like, okay, uh, we can't even get it around, like wrap our heads around the fact that our preferred center back pairing is Marcus Rojo and Phil Jones. It makes little sense, but in all honesty, they've they've really been fantastic. Rojo loves a two-footed tackle and he he's going to make his team pay for that at one point if he doesn't chill, but I mean a little bit of just having that I'm so pessimistic about it. I just look, Phil Jones has shown he cannot stay healthy, but when he is healthy, this is not normal. This isn't, you know, of the unordinary. He's a good player. He just does things in a way that aren't aesthetically pleasing. So you you think that he's not as good, and Rojo, yeah, they're both playing well right now. But uh, I'm just pessimistic about it. I just think that at some point, I don't think they'll end the season as our preferred pairing. Yeah, I could I could see that. Well, if we if these uh, Lindelof rumors are are real from Benfica, I mean he's a fantastic defender, right back too. So I I agree with you that it's not that way, but. I would have told. I would agreed with you at the beginning of the season if you just. I mean, we thought Phil Jones and Rojo were going to be right. straight off, and I guess there's still a chance. You never, obviously, like the players always say, you never know what the future holds. But they really have looked solid. They've played together really well, and I like that Rojo's a left-footed defender. I, I, I just think that you don't. That's not required. Obviously, we had Ferdinand and Vidic for forever, but I love that. That's too. That's that's too LVG represent. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, he loves his right, his, his right foot, left foot combinations. He loves them. He likes everything symmetrical. Leave so, him alone. Yeah, Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof. It looks like he's going to be coming in in January. That's the rumor. 
that Mendez had flown in today. Uh, one of the Portuguese papers reported on it. The, the, you know what? We could do a little bit of transfer talk, too, just five, ten, five minutes real quick. Uh, looks like Morgan Schneiderlin is going to complete a permanent move to Everton as well at 24 million pounds. Player that I had high hopes for. Me too. As he is on the back of my shirt from last season. <laughs> so now that shirt is pointless. No, me too. Um, me too. Memphis Depay is looking to start. Memphis Depay is looking to secure a loan deal to Everton as well, which I think will be very good for both parties. I think that he's a great player, and he just needs confidence, and I think he needs just to play. We forget, like, he's only played, what, 15, 20 matches, maybe 25 at the very most yeah. in the Premier League. Right. He does not have much experience. So I think get, getting him to play football in the league is the best thing for him. Uh, also, I read an article by Greg Stobart from Squawka where he thinks that Mourinho, while he has come out and really stuck up for Fellaini in the press, he thinks that he's going to try and sell him, but only if he can get a replacement in this January. Um, and uh-huh. They're thinking West Ham. West Ham, uh, obviously, they're in a relegation battle. Is that fair to say? <laughs> it's probably fair uh, to say, yeah. Potentially, Fellaini to West Ham. I know that'll please a lot of people. For me, obviously, I don't want to see him starting. I don't really mind if he comes off the bench late in games. But then Everton happened, and it's just like, all right, man, it's time to go. <laughs> You're definitely not getting a new contract. I just think that he does whatever the manager says. Like, he's like the teacher's pet. You know, if Mourinho was like, yo, go out there and lick the grass. He says, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's You're just, probably right. And I, th- I think that's why he gets in so much. So. No, that makes um, sense. That's all we have time for today. Let's try. Uh, we're going to try and record again um, after, after probably Christmas, probably midweek, right before New Year's Day. We'll talk about the Sunderland game. We'll preview the upcoming game. Um, and will any transfer news or any other news, um, we will talk about that. Make sure you subscribe to the Twitter. It's the, the what is it, Nate? At Fergie Time Podcast, I believe. It's at Fergie Time Pod. Yeah, at Fergie Time Pod. Subscribe to Nate on Twitter. Nate, what's your Twitter handle? At Nathaniel Hyatt. And mine is at Joey Tabor. Thank you for listening. Um, if you're not already subscribed on iTunes and SoundCloud, please do that for us. It helps a lot. Um, and we will see you next time. I will tweet out in the midweek. I'll try and get a hashtag for some questions. We can answer some fan questions from anybody who listens. Um, and we'll address that. So thank you very much for listening and have a nice day. Thanks for listening to today's Fergie Time podcast. If you're on Twitter, give us a follow at, at FergieTimePod. And subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud for some of the best talk around on 20 times English champions, three times European champions, Manchester United. Take care, everyone.